The Sample Axis, administered by Boyga Nelson. Yeah, you're listening to the Sample Axis podcast. All right, so I'm picking another song, and I just feel like we should just you know, let the goddesses follow each other. Um, Celine Dion, the French Canadian woman, yeah, that powerful. you know, very powerful artist. I remember uh, when I was younger, I was reading up something. There was one era where people were talking about music a lot, and um, I went into, in the papers, and somebody said something that. The person referenced what um, Celine Dion said. He said at some point people used to think that ah, her music teacher in school thought she sounded like a goat, hmm. but that person didn't know she was going to be the goat. Of course, you. Oh yo 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 yo, Celine Dion. Uh, you know that thing is a thing, right? Where people don't have regular voices. Yeah, and you you and might. It's weird, like Shakira too. You might take it wrongly. Yeah, like Shakira too. I think if, uh, if the person uh, they told her she was bad too. If the person doesn't perform to the right person, or exactly, or the right person didn't. Or, or the mood is different or the environment is wrong. Oxley, for instance, some people might say the voice is too tiny, but the people who has a beautiful voice, oh. the pe- yeah, perspective. Voice, yeah. The people might say, oh, all he has is falsetto, but... Ah, it's know, crazy. It's crazy. It's beautiful does voice. Work with it. Yeah. And, and there are voices like that, so there is one I'm trying to remember. Like Tewa now. Yeah, yeah, Tewa, the generation, but look at this man, OG. What a wonderful world. Oh, Louis Armstrong. That's not the best voice. Well, Armstrong knows he doesn't have the best voice. Armstrong was, you know, Louis Armstrong was certified as a jazz musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he knew that whenever I could sing the song, come on, most of his... Like, but but, but, but I'm saying that that's not the sonora voice. Yeah. That's not the typical top 40 voice. Yeah. But when you have something powerful... That's not the Prince. That's not yeah, the Michael Jackson's yeah. voice. Yeah. So, Celine Dion... Yeah, she's classic. She, she's awesome. She's great. My heart will go on. Now we know the song from the 1997 blockbuster that is uh, James Cameron's Titanic. Now you know that movie came out in a year where you know um, movies were not doing so good. We had a cartoon that year, I guess. I think it was Lion King one, and then you know Titanic comes out, and everybody's like, "Wow, we didn't know we needed a love story like this." And then it brought out people like Leonardo DiCaprio. Big shout out to him. Kate Winslet. Big shout out to her as well. Uh, you know, so like they did that, and it was awesome and great. And um, the impact of the song is is crazy that the song was almost bigger than the movie. If you understand what I'm talking about, mm. yeah, of course. The name of the album is "Let's Talk About Love." 1997 was produced by uh, Walter Affersneff and uh, James Horner and Simon Franklin. Now, people didn't know that this was a proper classical production. Hmm. It wasn't made for pop or anything. It was like proper classical put together. And yeah, you know, it became so big. It was uh, recorded at Wally Studio. Now, Wally, Wally World, uh, the hit factory in New York City, is one of the biggest and best studios in the whole world because trust me, it's like massive, massive. Uh, now, I'm going to move on to one more person. So, we have uh, another goddess. And uh, yeah, I'm wrapping this up greatly. Whitney Houston's greatest love of oh, all. Now, we all know that Judge Benson recorded first. No, we don't all know. Okay. Oh, it's true. Uh, Judge Benson actually recorded this first, and this was even the, the first hit version of the song. was done by Judge Benson, but it was written by Michael uh, Massa. Now, Michael Massa wrote, Michael Massa composed the song, and Linda Creed wrote the song. Mm-hmm. So, Michael Massa kind of like owns the song because... He owns it with in conjunction with um, Linda, the writer. Yeah, Linda Creed. Now, Michael Massa saw Whitney Houston do a couple of songs and told her she had to sing Greatest Love of All again. Mm. And I think that was the best decision he made because that doing that song again made it from a normal, regular hit song 
to one of the greatest songs of all time. And when I mean greatest songs of all time, there's no way you're going to do a compilation of the greatest songs of all time and you're not going to have Greatest Love of All mm. by Whitney Houston. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just that awesome and great. Now, the our studio was Artista Records. Uh, Artista Records was headed by... Um, my commander at the time, so that's why that's why they had to record there. Uh, the impact, obviously, like I said, Evergreen song, uh, not going to stop. The uh, album that she recorded it for was Whitney Houston in 1984, and uh, Judge Bessie recorded it on seven years earlier. So, uh, obviously, my commander is the production uh, manager and the producer on this one. R&B slash soul jazz, R&B and soul, take us away. So, I got a personal favorite and an African jam, an African classic, Yo Lily by. And mm, Papa Wimba, Papa uh, Wimba. I, I re- never really knew the song. I knew I heard it once or twice, but only a few years ago, I found out that, you know, this is a jam. Yeah. And the fact that it represents a part of Africa that's not really out there, French, yeah. French Africa, I mean, Congo, uh, which is, I'm sure, I think they, they speak French. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Papa Wemba is an African legend when it comes to Makosa and those types of music. I don't know which exact genre, but Congo music, and you know, you're representing that arena. So Papa Wemba Yolili, uh, that's my input. Okay, so some of the genres that he was known for, Sukus, Rumba, uh, and Ndombolo. Uh, it, it was called the king of rumba rock, so hmm. he did a lot. That's cool. I, I mean, if you watch his videos, you yeah, he's, and he's very active too. He's and some, I'm active. sure some of the tunes we use now, yeah, were, were, were used or started by some of these OGs. Yeah, they did. You know, look at that Yo Lele song, Yo Lele. I mean, the we melodies. T- yeah, we sick. talk about this all the time. It's like one of the inventions, biggest inventions Victor Wifeo made. The double guitar, he made a guitar. He just didn't, he just didn't get a patent. Mm. A couple of white people saw it, he went on to do it. It was because the thing didn't last, because it was very difficult to learn. Mm. Well, he could do it in his sleep because he invented it. So, yeah, it's all those things like that, you know, once in a lifetime stuff. Uh, How like old you deserve? Yeah, they deserve recognition. Power, yeah. I feel like, yeah, they, maybe you should do proper documentaries yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. Just to put them so that they're in the archives for a lifetime and people can always go back and watch them. Uh, yeah, we talked about Louis Armstrong. Obviously, what a wonderful world. I feel like I can't say too much about the song because one way or the other, somebody has heard that song. I remember the first time I heard it, it was in a cartoon and, you know, it was so beautiful for me because I was I was a child, you know, listening to it, watching a cartoon and then they played Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World and it was perfect for the moment. I uh, heard it in an advert. And you see, it was mine was in a cartoon. I was watching a cartoon and they just played so it was such a weird thing to play in a song, in a cartoon, you know. The colors of the rainbow. You know, it was so beautiful. And, and I was like, why is this? By. I actually thought it was a white man for a very long time, for the oh, longest wow. of time. But yeah. that's, that sounded like... Well, no, I, I really when you hear it for the first time... I can't tell. Oh, you, yeah. I, in, a, in a white but, cartoon. But it was so... In a cartoon that was centered around white people. It is so magical. Because like, it's, it's a simple record, yeah. but it carries a lot of weight. It's like... It's like, like Let It Snow. Do you know Let It Snow? I don't know. All the weather outside is bright. That's, that's sounds like country. But let It Snow, Let It Snow. So, that song, is, it sounds like it's a normal song. But it's deeper. Yeah, it's such a... It's, the, like, a, it's like the cliche song for Christmas. And White Christmas. this song too. Simple. Very, very simple. Colors of the rainbow. People going by. I see friends shaking hands. Mm. And how do you do... So, you know, simple stuff, but very well rendered yeah. and it remains a classic for life of course and uh, the producers were Johnny Goodman and uh, it was written by G.D. West and G. Douglas obviously you know jazz musicians used to get a lot of writers to write for them and they would just you know score the music themselves and then do something wonderful with it so it was like 
okay, give me your creativity, I'll work on that. Mm. And then, yeah, ABC Records, obviously, 1967, that was like one of the few record labels that we had that were actually, that, that was around in those times. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley uh, and the likes, James and Big Brown. Mama Fulton and James Brown, you know, um, Frankie Lyman and his uh, young guys. Ooh, wow, why do fools fall in love? People don't know that song. If you don't know that song, go and listen to it. Do you it. know Everly Brothers? I know Everly Brothers. Uh-huh. There's Isley Brothers too. The Isley Brothers used to do something crazy. They had run Isley. They were such a big brand. They used to do most of their songs in part one and part two. Weird stuff. And these two songs used to have different vibes. Very good artists. Next person I'm going to be talking about is Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I like the difference from 1967. Yeah. We're going all the way to 2012. Now, 2012 was a major year for music because, you know, the switch from the 2010s to the 20s, uh, to, um, from the tw- 2000s to the 2012. He, he didn't really start till like 2011, 2012. And James, um, Justin Timberlake released the song Mirrors. I mean, this was a time where records were becoming was that smaller part of again. An album, yeah? yeah, it was part of the album, 2020 Experience. Okay. Now, it, was, it was critically acclaimed. Yeah, because you know, it was a solid album. The, yeah. this, this, that's what I'm saying. One of the, one of the big uh, highlights of the album is that this was a time where songs were becoming smaller mm. in terms of minutes, like shorter in terms of minutes. Like, it wasn't, we're not doing four minutes anymore or five minutes. We're doing three minutes, two minutes. And then somebody comes off and says, oh, okay, let's give me eight minutes for tonight. Yeah. I was like, what? And then, you know, obviously, the Timbaland and Justin Timberlake um, connection and J-Rock. J-Rock, that is suit and tie with them as well. Uh, Same J-Rock. Fulter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kendrick J-Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, these guys are bad. These guys are bad. You just, you know, they chill and they... It's a, this is production credit, so you understand? Production yeah. credit, so it wasn't like it was a big job part of it. Um, the writing was Timberlake and I think some parts of Timberland as well in that. And uh, the video is one of the... Maybe one of the best videos of all time. I know people are going to say I'm probably capping or something but I'm a video person mm. and that video was awesome for a music video do you know two questions AO Technology mm. 50 Cent Justin Timberlake I think I knew that yeah. it's a new age why don't you come over here yeah yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. that was next level too yeah it was because you know technology that can transpose or transport sex that you can have sex via Bluetooth. Or <laughs> it's crazy, man. That's what the point, the song was about. But that was, you know, Justin Timberlake was having a good moment yeah. around that time. He and Larry Larby Records was, you know... It was on that song with Jay-Z too. Yeah, Suit and Tie. Yeah. Suit and Tie was, you know... was <coughs> Holy an um, Grail. Holy Grail was Suit and Tie too. Yeah, yeah, so... So that one was always solid. Moment. I think I should do one more. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I should do one uh, more. But before we leave Justin Timberlake, um, 2022 experience was... Okay, this was futuristic too. Yeah, yeah. It makes it special. It yeah. Special. Wow, that's interesting. Such a beautiful song, man. I think you just you just need to listen to the song. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask about the Illuminati uh, conspiracy theory. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's it. Was around. It was a period. I think. Let me remember the year now. I think oh nine, oh nine to like eleven, oh hmm. nine to eleven. So that was when oh nine to twenty eleven. That was when the conspiracy theory was going yeah, crazy. Yeah. That was this year. Everybody was attached to yeah. Illuminati. Every single person. I mean, Rihanna, you cough, Daisy, you Obama. cough, or you look good on even the band. Yeah. They said Kanye had transferred it. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. So it went on and on. In fact, someone dissected the lyrics. Maybe it was capping. You yeah. are, you are the love of my life. The person said he was referring to Lucifer. Okay. <laughs> Let's not go for. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar gave us a proper rendition okay. of talking to Lucy. Yeah, hey, that's <laughs> one. He's not even hiding. Yeah, no, he said it now. He said Lucy gave him stuff. Lucy, come on, that's the Pimpy Butterfly was, you know, yeah, was yeah. that album too. Yeah, I'm going to take one more. Uh, Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud. Now, I don't like to say this, but 
Ed Sheeran though. That guy, uh, we're talking about it, Sharon. We need to talk about the Otumokpo he's using because yo, that guy never stops. And we need to understand that he's just that good. I remember one time that you know, there's this you know, uh, uh, girl that sent me like you know, like about 25 or 30 of his songs. I don't know why, but she's like, yo, yo, that's the only thing I listen to. I think you should listen to this too. And so, like, the early days of Ed Sharon, you understand, before he became like you know, bad guy that he is right now. This song from 2014, the X album, uh, he has done X, he has done Divide. Now we're on plus. Yeah, keep going. Man, Bodmastains. Yeah, and then Bodmastains. Get to square root, and, and it would make roots. sense yeah. because math is logical and detailed. Yeah, you can continue to make twenty-five albums, and math will provide analysis or yeah. logic units that you can use to manipulate or express yourself. It's I crazy. Mean, square roots. There are polynomials. There, yeah. are, there's matrices. There is, you know, all you can go on and on, and that's that's. But but does it connect though? I think it does. You just talk about. It. I feel like what you just said right now is that logically, mathematics is detailed. Yeah. So for every but I'm saying that thing, does x the multiplication, content, does the content of the yeah, album? That's what I'm saying. X oh. multiplication is like okay. I'm trying to like you know do something with this album. Okay. I'm trying to do something. There's a plus. There's you think is about is that you can even is it is a good way to run away from giving titles of albums. Yeah. I know a couple of people that don't like. But then you get that it gets, it gets boring. You have to switch. Right, the series after this series, and yeah, you, you probably into. something new. Yeah, but but, but, like, but a song like Castle on the Hill, mm. that's my favorite Ed Sheeran song. What album was that? Divide. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember. That was the album that had. That was the one before Shape of You and the rest of them. I can't. I, I'm trying. Photograph. To remember. The, the 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 same album that had Thinking Out Loud and Photograph. X. X multiply. I'm I'm thinking how how the story in Castle on the Hill connects to X. Multiply. But come on, these guys, they know their way around. I'm sure if they, you, tell, you tell him yeah, to do but, a shot, but it's okay, dope, dope art direction, right? Yeah, dope um, direction. Uh, the genre, blue-eyed soul. Now, I remember we had a conversation about it. I don't know where I remember. We were trying to classify Michael Bolton into his, like, you know, genre. A genre. And then we say something that it has to be white something. So I mean, Alpha View has, was recorded as synth pop. Uh, yeah. Synthetic pop. That's like that. Can anybody That's can pick pop. up on that now? And there's Euro pop. It's still, still the same thing, kind of. But since because of the production type, they always embedded. Yeah. So yeah, but but there are very there are very many variations of uh, genres in music, subgenres, and what have you. Frank Sinatra. That's life. Um, released in the nineteen. 50s towards the end uh 1950s but a couple of people would say that in the record became big in 1960s but there's something mm. definite about the record if you watch a lot of um, american films especially the ones that have the civil war or the world war one or world war two in it that's like just has that you know um perfect tune for all of those sounds you know the song is talks about um that's life that's what it is that's what you know that's how the life is like you know sometimes some things are good sometimes some things are bad mm. it's such a simple song with simple lyrics and that's why uh it just happens to you know resonate with time so whatever situation you are in it just seems like a perfect song and the vocals obviously you guys know this or you guys probably don't know this but people like to call frank sinatra uh the first man to understand the use of the microphone yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like you know he, he knows instrument. how to use it you understand like his voice Without a microphone, it's what not does the same that mean, thing with a microphone. I feel like, I think in the early days, people didn't understand the strength of the microphone for their voices. When are we talking about forties, forties, fifties? Like, so, so was there an was there an age or a there time? was an age where people would the, this the sound would be so weird and 
you know, would have to fine tune. They would have to fine tune to make it sound okay. Mm. I'm, I'm asking because the, the, the microphone conversation mm. was there a time when people were acknowledged as the greatest musicians, or music was big at some point, yeah. and there was no microphones. Of course, of course. In recent history, or of course, it must be old, but yeah. I, I think I think the idea now the physics in me wants to find out when the microphone was was was, was invented was invented but I'm sure it was this invented was as early as the f- 1940s because they used microphones for hold radio. on are we talking 18th century 90s no no we're talking 19 1960s are you saying there was no microphones before I'm saying I know it was the first person to master the use of the microphone yeah I want to know who what time would that would it be when there was music without microphones. Ah, okay. I'm sure maybe 1980s. Uh, no, the... 1800s. 1800. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, um, this guy, Frank Sinatra, God bless his soul, was the first person that people acknowledged as the first guy to know the proper use of, of the, the mic- microphone. It's not like people didn't use him well before him. I mean, we have people like, you know... Uh, the the older guys that that had done music before that time, the ones that did it in the nineteen forties. Mm. I'm sure people like Adam Salim had had a time had you know good use yeah, of the microphones. You know, like I mean, like we heard them right, so we are sure they were good with what they were doing. But Frank Sinatra gave you know it was maybe that's the American first, perspective. Yeah, but for the first time, I mean, unforgettable. So mm. I mean, I'm sure you know the song. Yeah, unforgettable. Like Nat King Cole did his version. Mm. Um. Frank Sinatra has his version. I mean, there's even something that you, you are not so sure which version is which, except you listen carefully. And then you know that uh, maybe Nakinko has some, you know, some briefing that he does that makes him different from Frank Sinatra. Where I'm heading at is that he mastered the use of a microphone and made it really cool. And that's why you can listen to that's life over and over again. The song has never, like, deteriorated in terms of importance. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Ever. There's no decline. Mm. You understand? It's just that song that is there. But it's not bigger than... What, what a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Yes. It's no, it probably is on the same level. I don't I think know so. I'm saying, I don't, you don't think so, but I think it's on the same level. Just um, t- of critical acclaim and critical acclaim, yeah, global yeah. acceptance. Global acceptance, maybe What a Wonderful World, but critical acclaim and how good it was yeah, yeah. at its peak, I think they are on the same level. Cool. So that's life. Uh, genre, traditional pop, uh, rhythm and blues. It got the 1966 Grammy for Best Male Vocal, which is not, you know, weird because that's what Frank Sinatra collected most of his years when he was active in music. And yeah, uh, Frank Sinatra, that's life. But before I go... What genre was it major in? Um, traditional pop. Nothing blues, R&B? No, nah, nothing blues. No, no, because this was, this was more... It was more funkier than blues. Oh, okay. That's life, that's life. Take, take two. But before you take two, right? <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> While you were talking about Frank Sinatra and some of those iconic songs, iconic compositions, something came to mind. We are doing, right now we are doing 50 special songs, right? These are songs that were recorded, published, played, charted, released. You know, all those, all those things that you do to music when you want to promote and all that. Mm-hmm. There are some that are not in that class and there are iconic compositions as well. One of those songs that I will get to on my list is um Beethoven's renditions, Beethoven's symphony. Those are classified as, you know, some of, you know, when you talk about classicals, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't put them in, you don't put them in a class of recorded music, 
because I don't think Beethoven was signed to a label. Yeah. Or you you get my point. It's so classical stuff. Music before business. So there is a popular thing or a, a popular piece of music known before. I think before now as the American anthem, the American national anthem. There are some compositions that are special that were used, critically acclaimed, but were not published as as commercial music. Yeah. And that's the Happy Birthday song. Song things like that. The Happy Birthday song came from somewhere, yeah. and it became a global a global commodity, but it wasn't really really published, and there is no name attached to it. I want us to do an episode that would acknowledge some of those compositions, right? All right. Uh, another one would be maybe the national anthem of of America. It's critically acclaimed, and you know, compositions. Another one. Uh, I really can't piece it together now, but there would be some of those collections of slave slaves' music when slavery was. Wade in the water is one of them. Wade in the water. Yeah. Wade in the water. Those kind of songs. In the water. Because you never really know if they were published properly, and how they came to be they might just be part of history that wasn't really really acknowledged in music business look at nigeria our folk, folk music those are the kind of songs that i want us to treat on a special episode in in some of the songs that fella would remake and you would hear again today now there were some yoruba songs that fella would take from traditional african african setting yeah. and, and remake uh, there are some I really can't remember now, but I I guess you get my point. I do, I do. Music that wasn't really published, but are still iconic. So let's call them compositions. Fifty, right. fifty or whatever. It might be ten, it might be twenty-five. We'll, we'll do something about that in the future. Take your second piece. All right. Uh, my second piece. I'm very sure you're very interested in this one, big uh, and Tracy Chapman. My dear. Thinking about a revolution. Now, yeah. this song was released in the year 1988. Um, the album name Tracy Chapman as well. The producer uh, David Cashin Braun. Now, this genre is known as contemporary folk, folk rock, country folk. We know one of the things that is very very important about Tracy Chapman is her vocals yeah i'm sure that's what everybody knows everybody yeah. messes with the fact that she has the most amazing vocals ever what if i told you i thought that was a man it's yeah, weird i would understand that i would understand yeah, i would understand i'm sure don't the first you time know I heard tracy chapman I talking about a, a revolution well. maybe because i was naive and i didn't know that men barely pay men barely bear tracy as a name right oh yeah I, i've not heard a man being tracy but at the time the way the song came i didn't know the name of the artist i just heard don't you know talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper <laughs> i love the song yeah i really love the song and again That's before a- i let, let let you continue that song the first time i heard it was in the popular i believe popular nigerian documentary the story of nigeria by gdola rewaju oh the story yeah of Nige. that's such a beautiful that documentary also has a good selection of songs yeah jay-z um nas um cassidy he, he really of course, did fella fella of course he you did the first song in fact in there's a song that i love from that that i got to find out more kendrick graham it's a, it's a christian it's a, it's a gospel song i really think i, I, I think this is the song i want i'm looking for um all i want hell dear built my life for that's a beautiful song but he found a way to make the best of music 
work for him on that documentary and uh, so it's so beautiful yeah very very nice documentary now i'm talking about tracy trapman uh the studio was electra records and um it's evidently being used today it's like to date as a revolutionary song like you know for revolution everybody's trying to yeah. fight for revolution you know that song is a song to go to i know a lot of people love to listen to bob marley when they're you know pushing for things like that but tracy chapman has that and she's still around today you know they see a whole lot of talk about people trying to like take off her music yeah. i mean she had a very you know weird back and forth with a couple of recent artists about because she's one of those few artists that we spoke about in the past she doesn't want her music to be used a certain way yeah so she's like you know we talked about it one time when we we're talking about samples of like okay maybe someone the song the idea of the song on uh, the first time is like a gospel rendition mm. and then somebody uses it in pop and he's talking about filth something that is very filthy right oh, oh, so filthy. i'm not sure they would love that kind of you know transition of the song but we understand like for example now we know um when we talked about talk about um you know rendition of what was done hmm. by um what's their name now uh, magic system Ma- that was done by magic system and uh you know premier Gao by yeah. magic system she redid it and it wasn't it wasn't the same approach of the first one yeah that was the second one but still there was still this you know the same message passed across it's yeah. still a legit message now i was saying imagine but that it, was but just, it was, it's different exactly it's different but like they're still like it's still you know, reasonable it's still reasonable there's something imagine something going off the radar entirely like picking up a gospel song like hallelujah from maybe talk about Abby or something and then mm. you know turn it into where you're talking about bees that's and Jenna's, ends uh pushing p that's saint jenna's p yeah. That's, that's her modus operandi. Yeah, but then, you know, I don't mess with sounds like that. I have a lot of opinions that I feel like if I if I air them, people would not like me. But then, I do what I feel like it. What do you think of this guy that made a funny song out of Adele's Hello during during the COVID lockdown? What's that? Did you see that? You didn't catch it. So some, some guy picked Adele's Hello okay. and remade it into um into a covid lockdown song and that's how not bad. that's not bad right that's not bad. but more you're, you're talking as a moral person no, which I'm is not, the same not, I'm not which is the same I'm thing not, tracy chapman but i'm not taking a moral but, but, but copyright yeah. now can adele say or oh, there, there's a guy recently a uk rapper i think who did he's a comedian you know I'm, I'm getting somewhere he did a rap verse by drake talking about mm-hmm. Can, can, I'll can be Drake, waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> can Drake drop that? Yeah. Can he? Can he say that? I don't like that. That's that's funny. Or because obviously the it, the job was at him, so he can take that personally. But the creativity of what just happened, he would appreciate that because you know that's what I'm saying. He's going to the only reasons why he's going to take it down is for personal reasons. That's why mm. I'm, I'm okay with people saying I have a song. You guys can fine tune. You guys can remix, but don't but change do the not story. change the context of this. This is the reason why I use this. Mm. Don't give me something else different. That's Just why that. it's important to clear. You have to clear something. Exactly. That's so why the person you, must why, hear what that's they. That's why clearing of what, what you happening. did. You, you know, let me hear what you did. Are you are you massacring my song or are you doing justice to it? Or are you are you just trying to destroy I mean, my like, legacy? It's like there are numerous songs that have taken new forms. New terms, yeah. New forms, new terms. You understand, like. Let's get it on. Was changed to something else, bloodlines or something. They always make you know something different from what it was before. But don't just don't overdo. If there's anything, like that, don't mm. do too much. That's and what it has to. It has to make sense. It has to make sense. So there was that situation with Tracy Chapman and a yeah, few Nicki other Minaj. people. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj kind of like took the. There was a lot of people because she had she attacked 
not attacked. She went at a lot of people for using oh. her music wrongly. But I think uh, Nicki Minaj was was a big one. Was the biggest person, and I think she didn't like the way she I, she wasn't. I don't think she and was, that was angry a settlement. About, yeah, I don't think she was angry about the use of music. She but about the fact that about the approach of the use of the music. What does that mean? What I'm saying is maybe she had the song was a song. Let's assume it was a song for a revolution, and then she's talking about guys and flirting girls and doing things and loving each you know loving each other in a sexual way. Chris Chapman doesn't mess with that. She's no, like, I don't this want is that. wrong. I don't want this. So what does she do after seventy be? years when she no longer owns the rights? She's probably not going to be alive to see it. The reason why she's going as high is because I can see it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, I love that song, and I love many other songs by Tracy Chapman. Fast Car, I love Fast Car. Oh yeah, I think Fast Car is a song for me. Yeah, Fast Car is a song for me. I like Fast Car. And she has such such. Her voice is scary. Amazing scary personality. Good. Yeah, she's, she's very calm. She's, she's like, like the Shadi Adu. Yeah. Yeah, she she looks. I like want to say dark skin Shadi Adu, but I'm scared. That's that's kind of that rich. might say the that might sound woke you in this woke generation. What what the heck? Are you I don't doing? know what colorism is. Like you're light skinned. Yeah. You people feel like you would not be light treated the same as a dark skinned person. Is that what it means? A, I feel there are so many there are so many languages now. So many labels now. A girl that light skinned is not referred to as black by black girls. What does that mean, bro? They feel like they get better roles. For example, most of the roles on TV that takes a black lead is always a mixed character. You rarely see roles, except from the new guys that are coming in, like like Jordan Peele. Are we are we overdoing this? Maybe. But at the same time, bro, I'm tired. Maybe. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like mathematics. To I said we need to do our podcast to just a regular. Just <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> this is for another conversation. All right, so we're talking about Nico Mbargo now. First and foremost, uh, one of the baddest guys in Nigerian music industry. He had a very short time, but then he was very. Effective. How do you say one of the baddest guys? He wasn't one really... of the baddest guys because he was known for many things. Now the man was like, he wasn't critically Jim acclaimed. Wilson. I'm talking about baddest guy. You know what I'm what era? About? Baddest guy. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, the people people knew him in that like aspect. That he was that good in terms of you know social life and everything. Mm. And he was he was the right guy. I mean, he had his place in Calabar where he used to perform weekly. He was the regular high life guy. You mm. understand? Doing his stuff. You know. What era? Eighties. Eighties, yeah, eighties. And then he dropped two major songs that were big, big, big. You understand? We're talking mm. about Aki Special as well as a Sweet Mother. Sweet Mother is the song I'm talking about. Sold 13 million records. Mm. The highest single ever sold in Africa recorded to date. Doesn't change yet. It's probably, it's probably not going to change. Uh, you think so? No, no. Come on. Uh, come on, bro. Where's we don't do that anymore. Look, look, look. We don't sell records in Africa anymore. Well, Essence, well, Whiskey, CK, they sell in Europe and America. Yeah. Nigerians are not buying CDs or, or, or vinyl or digital copies anymore. Yeah. When you stream for two times, if it's good, you keep streaming. If it's not good, you don't stream again. You know, I like the fact that what Nikon Brago did was special. But at the same time, I feel like things can be done again. Because what you are saying, this is 1976 we're talking about. That's over like 40 <laughs> years ago. And then you are saying somebody sells 13 million records and you're saying it's not, it cannot be done again. Do not forget that... Um, when Can Win Is One Love came after that. Mm. Yeah, it didn't beat that record because it was really big in Africa. And of, of course, we had people like Pansa Pansa in 1988. We had Shakra in 1977. Those are the records that we knew that actually blew up a little bit. And of course, the person we're going to talk about later, Manu Di Balgo. 
that did well. I mean, over a thousand remixes, mm. at least one thousand two hundred and fifty-six. That the last time I checked. Yo. So that's a lot. But then it's just one of those special songs. Do you understand? I mean, this wasn't. This wasn't even the song that people what, understood exactly that, what that, was going that's, on in the that's, song. That's what essence is today. Where people keep playing, keep yeah, streaming, because yeah, yeah. it will be big on radio, big on TV, yeah. and everything else, you know. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, this was this was the record that everybody wanted to listen to. Everybody wanted to have. Yeah, record. and it's relatable. They felt like you know mm-hmm. he was he was a representation of, um, you know, the African culture of you know putting up the woman up high. Mm. You are a goddess for whatever you do, and the song is every other song that we have treated today has something in it. That is, they're very simple lyrics. Yeah. Most of them, from speechless to there's that no life, extra, there's nothing. Extra. You're not trying to I be, hope we have rap on this. I list. really hope, though. Do oh, we yeah, have? We do. Uh, haven't we done the rap already? Are you sure? Two parts changes. And Jay Z's Young Forever. Yeah, yeah. So we have rap. So obviously, and even it changes. Changes might be one of the easiest lines for you to, you know, decipher in terms of two parts songs. Mm. You understand? Like, although two parts, we need two parts to be like. A relative rapper in terms of you could actually quickly relate to what he was saying yeah. he wasn't trying to go too deep or although you would say some words maybe your vocabulary would improve listening to Tupac well in terms of depth he's not like the new guys like the Kendrick the J. Cole where you have to have knowledge of chemistry physics and all that to you know, decipher. decipher whatever you're saying but was it was he talking <coughs> was he talking history yeah of course I mean like he was uh, uh, come on Tupac was talking history but let's still go back to Nicole Embargo before we wrap this up and um, the man recorded this in Ro- Rogers All Studios Rogers All Stars There's a, it had a studio in Onicha Onicha is the same place that had Tambasi Records oh wow nice Tambasi Records is one of the biggest record labels in Nigeria Tambasi Records is known for recording um, artists like uh, Venom Ariyoge mm. Venom Ariyoge's uh, Nigeria Go Survive was recorded all in Tambasi Records Onicha great album they had another branch in Badagri but I think it was a smaller branch, so they didn't use it as well. Remember in the 80s, we had people like Decca Records, you know, Premier UK, Premier Nigeria. We'll probably talk about that some other time in our episode. Yeah, so, uh, Nicole Mbrago's Sweet Mother, Sweet Mother, one of the most popular songs in Africa of all time. And it's legit of all time. I'm going to pick, uh, just switching right away, picking African Queen by Two-Face. 2003 or 4, I believe, uh, from the album. But the single must have been out before the album. African Queen from the album Face to Face Niger or Face to Face by Two Face. That's one of those albums that really started this movement. Yeah, right. After Maintain and the rest of them. I don't know. Maintain's era was really great. I don't know why people don't mess with Maintain era a lot. I 2001, mean, 2002. That was Maintain. That was Sheisho Dimu. That was Idris Abdul Karim. Yep. ETC. But after that era sort of faded away, that album Face to Face marked was a really important moment for new for the new generation. Yeah, and I remember the first time I watched the film African Queen video. video. Uh, the only thing I can remember from the very first time I saw it was the bald lady. That was very beautiful. That's like the highlights, technically. Yeah, right? The bald lady. <laughs> the bald because lady she, she had screen time. She yeah. was really, she was a lot of, a lot of the music I mean, video. I mean, had screen had time as her. well. Yeah, well, but Everybody I mean, she remembers was one that was the bald lady. Him, but I think the bald lady stood out. Yeah, because I, she was different. First time, yeah, yeah, obviously, because I'm like, and the video was very simple too. So I was checking this and I saw the song being classified as Afro beats, no, and I don't agree. I do not agree. That's R and B. That's R and B. Afro R and B or R and B. Now, do not forget, this is the year that VIP came up with a Womke Wom. Uh, VIP came out with Womke Wom. We had Pray with Shorty. 
we had um you know the Ghanaians were doing this is this African song this is African song I'm trying to remember that had this I cannot remember West Africa East Africa. No, it sounds like an Eastern African or South African. And I song. wish I could remember right now. I swear, do, do you know the tune I'm talking about? I don't, I don't know, but it sounds <laughs> like that <laughs> Congolese. Oh, I can't remember it, but like, I, if anybody remembers this tune, you can also you can always reach out to us. On Sometimes it's hard, and Shazam cannot help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wish. You know what? I would really like to go back in time and just record all the songs that I heard on African music. Yeah, music Africa. So yeah, I mean that those were those were the days. Marvelous Benji etc. Um, yeah, uh, Two Face is one of the most respected of the new generation, if not the most respected. That song opened doors for him and for Nigerian music. African Queen was global. You know, went to went across Africa. Because of that, you know, that title and of course what yeah. the song stood for and globally too it was received. That was that was a major bop. The yeah. next the next hit song after that was probably imagined that by Star Plus or Yahoo in two thousand and six. Yahoo in two thousand and seven. But I can't remember a song between two thousand and four and two thousand and um seven that was that big. African Queen, Yahoo, Gongwaso and the new generation of Wiz Burner and David O came through. So, yeah, we have that on our list. African Queen by Two-Face Edibia, 2004. All right, so um, the next artist that we're going to be talking about, um, God bless his soul, um, he passed um, recently in our time. And um, he dropped one song that really... I mean, at first we heard Jack Bajantis, Mathematics, and uh, we all loved the song because it was fresh, it was new. I'm not sure anybody had done a video that creative in that sense before for mathematics video i remember the video when it went even though i was very young i could tell that it went viral because i saw the video every time on ait dbn everybody wanted to show the video at least two three four five times in a day so i felt like they did something right in terms of you know pushing the song and everybody knew sounds Sultan. and you know everybody wanted to say hey sounds Sultan is a great guy you know great musician and then um, I remember the first time I heard this song, Motherland. I was in the house alone. It was just a cold evening. There was rain falling. My mom was at work. My pops was out. My sister was probably somewhere else. I don't know. And I was just alone in the house. Going up my house was quite big. Obviously, I was a child. It looked big to me. So, <laughs> so yeah, the uh, TV was just in front of me and I was watching. And then I remember they just finished the program. I think one of these cartoons. And then the song comes up. And I see this guy with the, with him, with a guitar sitting down white background and then the song just starts i didn't know what the song actually meant the first time i saw it but i knew immediately that there was something special about the song you understand because honey started with the 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 i didn't know what exactly he was trying to do but maybe because of the fact that it, was, it felt like it was an acapella version of a song it just felt like this was from a good place mm. you get i could tell this person was sad that he was singing this song and he was indeed sad because when he said the story, he said there was one Egbon that he knew. Like when I mean Egbon, a senior person, an older person that he knew growing up. And the person went abroad mm. and everybody was excited. And then stuff happened and the person didn't have his right papers. He didn't enter the country legally and they had to deport him. And, you know, everybody was, as children, they were excited to have him back. Mm. You know, they didn't know. Well, there was more to the story. They didn't know he was, yeah, they didn't know he was, you know, he had issues and all that. You know, he was already depressed and everything. And then... Um, later on they found out that he committed suicide mm. and they felt heartbroken I mean he, they, they felt like they were jilted sort of like 
how would you do this to us? And mm. then he came up with, he, he then thought, and he's like, okay, I understand that things were bad, but when you come back home, home is home. Mm. Regardless of whatever has happened, has happened, home is home. And that was a song for him to just, you know, pay tribute to the person and then to remind everybody that was ever in that kind of position that, you know, whatever happens. And this, like, we're going back again. This is like the up tense time we're saying this, saying these words. Simple lyrics, mm. but powerful behind every yeah. every every line was powerful. There was one time I listened to the song and I shed tears. Uh, it's understandable. I discovered it's not like it was personal, but I'm sure I had. I have, of course, I have folks abroad, and not like I put them in that picture, but the very idea that go home, come mm. home, it's it's relatable to everybody. And exactly. if you sing that in your, you know, local dialect, yeah, it's, it's, it's it deeper. Has, yeah, it deeper it has a stronger it's, meaning too. Yeah, uh, that 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 song is powerful. God, God rest. Uh, God bless sounds, his soul. And the, the studio soul. was the studio. Sounds of God bless his soul. Studio Kenneth's music. Uh, impact of the song is is a song that we would always play. Mm. You know, twenty thirty years from now, people would say, "Yeah, have you listened to the song?" Yeah, Ajuda, oh, it will sound fresh every yeah. time. And yeah. it sounds and it know, has a reason. Yeah. It has an essence. Yeah, it has. You know, it, it, it's for something. I was talking about one song recently. I'm trying to remember that song right now. Uh, has a life of its own. Yeah, this is a this is a funny comparison. But in the pool of Afrobeat songs that are out right now, a song by Ti Blaze. That's why I said it's a weird comparison. But I'm just talking about how songs touch people differently. And have their own life. Yeah. After after the person is gone or yeah. When when they are when they are fifty songs and you hear that one mm. and you're able to say yo. That is it sometimes song. Sometimes yeah. Ah, okay. Is that deep for me? Again, I'm not comparing it to this song. Really. But it's different from what you hear an upcoming Nigerian act in 2022 sing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. We'll yeah. Talk about it later, but yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I shouldn't have made that up, but I just thought about that today. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 get, I get impact. I get but, impact. I, but I'm talking about when they're a pool of 100 songs and you hear that one. You know, this one is different. But I guess we, we what, what year was that? And Yeah, 2004. It was released um, in the um, textbook. And it was just album. a simple guitar session. Yeah, it was just, in fact, it was just, it was just a song that was just meant to be like, a tribute mm. to this person, and well, then, there, was, there was no studio effects. Yeah, no and it's so extra. pure, yeah. and it's so and beautiful. Th- and that's top five or top two sounds of Tan songs. Yeah, top two, top Sec- two. Second one would probably be, be Bushmeat. Um, yeah, and the third one would be Hello Bali. No. Why do you think Hello Bali is good? Light Hello Bali is such a great rendition. No, Light no. up Niger. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. It's true. Yeah, so, so many, many Sultan songs. Yeah, so many Sultan songs. But I, I feel like in terms Jagbajantis. of storytelling, storytelling Hello Bali has to be up Hello Bali, Hello Bali doesn't have the impact that Jagbajantis Yeah, has. true. But we're talking about storytelling. Like, you no. give it to him. It's just vibes. That's vibes. But you sure? Light oh, up Niger. Was really good. Yeah, Light up Niger was, uh, yo, was, was the that. song. Yeah. The song. So let, let, let me pick something from here. This is not so lousy. It's not so much to say about it but it's a beethoven rendition mm. so um it's titled for elite mm. for elite for elite it's for german elite. uh the man is from germany the song was first composed in 1810 ha! and someone else found the song out so i might be messing up some history here but Rogvig van beethoven there's one man in 1867 57 years later found out the song and published it and it was recognized 
as one of the Beethoven renditions. So there is Beethoven symphonies 1 to 9 or 1 to 10, I guess, or more than that. And this particular one, rendition number, symphony number, what's it? What, what number is it? in the year 2000 to 2005. Okay. So back then, my first connection with this song was one of my albums I had that VCD, you know, you, we always had CD then. So mm. it's a collection of Westlife songs. I lay my love on you, it's all I want. And Uptown Girl mm. and all the other songs. Yeah. You know, you, you, had, you had like 25 songs from um, Westlife and you know, that's how, that's that's the one I have. Uh, RCA, BMG, those are the, the record labels attached to the song. All right, let's get to it. Uh, the next group uh, or artist uh, that we have right now, Solar Records, um, one of the biggest records in the 1980s, had uh, a headline uh, team or a headline group in their you know register in their catalog register, and that group name, uh, The Whispers. 
Now we're talking about the whispers and the beat goes on. Now I'm sure anybody, and when I mean anybody, anybody that was born in that time probably loved this song. Mm. I'm saying probably because and the beat goes on is such a vibe. Yeah, like when you think about old school and you are thinking old school 80s, that's the first thing that comes to you. Like, is that the first set of songs? Yeah, like, for example, if you want to collect a playlist of the 80s. I don't know so And much, this is so. weird because this song actually came out in 1979. But if you want to collect it, like proper dance music from the 80s, you you have to put mm. and the beat goes on there because it was so cool and I heard at some point it came to Nigeria and it was such a big deal. Wow. Uh, yeah, there was one point I, you know, that I can't confirm because I wasn't... I, there I are wasn't, no videos, man. Yeah, no it's videos. Crazy. So it's just quite sad, you know. But like, they did so well. They were in Solar Records. Solar Records had... A great lineup. Solar Records had Dynasty. Solar Records had Shalama. Solar Records had Midnight um, Star. Uh, they are not the Midnight Crew that you know from Nigeria. Solar Records means Sounds of Los Angeles Records. So they were really big um, in Los Angeles. And um, The Whispers, 1979. Uh, the producer of the song, The Griffey, and The Whispers themselves, they are so good. They are one of the biggest in terms of... And I, I don't know where I hear this for the first time. Throughout the 80s, they did backup vocals from for many of the top artists. Hmm. Like, you had to you had to get them. They were like major, major. Like, you had, like it was like a privilege. I was going to ask, why did, you know, just to probe our own methods, yeah. why they made the list as against others? What, yeah. What's their mode? They were unique. They were unique. They were all around. Who and were the other guys around? Groups and... The groups. We had Shalama. Michael Jackson was in this era. We had um, Patti LaBelle, uh, Gloria Estefan, the list Isley is endless. Icely eh? Brothers. Now we could have put the Icely Brothers, but I didn't put I didn't put the Icely Brothers on my list for certain mm-hmm. reasons because Icely Brothers were big in the US. They mm-hmm. weren't the song that you could, you know, in Africa we knew some songs that we could sing. Yeah, and that was and the beat they goes on. Around. That was the song mm-hmm. that we could say. We don't know the words. We don't know what these guys are saying. We can't actually well, follow the their tune, bass. Tune but we're like, yes. Dun, 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 dun. You understand? Get yeah. up and t- get that groove. You know, it was just yeah. that groove. And they had loads of songs as well. In fact, this is their album. They have about 23 albums to date. This their album has to be like one of the biggest albums. The two guys, Walter and uh, Wayne, they're still around today, still living, still doing okay, even though they lost a couple of their brothers along the way. But still, magnificent group, great music. And uh, yeah, they're still one of the best of the best to date. All right, one more that I'm about to take right now. I'm doing something. What I'm doing right now is what you call... Um, uh, yeah, lobbying. I'm lobbying something right now because I'm trying to avoid one song because I want that song to be the last song I talk about for certain reasons. And I'll say why when I get to that point. So, the next song I'm taking right now is Manu Dibango. Now, Manu Dibango, So Makosa, is one of the most sampled songs of all time. But I'm one of the most sampled songs of all time. Officially, the song has been sampled 1,256 times Yo. and counting. Officially. So, that means you know all these 1,256 people, one way or the other paid hmm. for, the, for the song to be sampled because it's put in official records. Now, the studio was recorded, uh, was a Fiesta Records. Manu Dibango is a Cameroonian. You understand? And of course, he's one of a kind because what he did was amazing. And 1972 was when this song was first recorded. The producer was Manu Dibango himself and he coined out the genre called Makosa. So the way we have Afrobeat for Fela Nicola Pukuti, Makosa 
is for Manu Dibango. Mm. Now, um, Makosa evolved. Yeah, he's the father. Makosa evolved, and of course, we have people like Premier Gao. Is from the Makosa genre. Awilo Logomba. Awilo Logomba from the Makosa uh, genre. Even the um, the, uh, the francophone countries, even till date, still do Makosa, and of course, it's still really, really big. So one song that led to being that song that you know defined time. I mean, we're talking about 1972. That's over 50 years now, because mm. it's 50 years this year, mm. and we still get to talk about it. People even still. You know, pick up Michael Jackson and say, obviously, he credited uh, Manu Dibango somewhere in the song. So that's something we think about as well. A great impact. And if your song is still alive 50 years from now, you should know that that's a song that's going to never yeah. die. Speaking of Makosa and African music, um, just to mention this woman that I think that I hope we're going to work on her music, you know, doing some research and talking about samples, is Omo Sangane. Is it Sangari or Sangari? Sangari. Sangari. Omo Sangari, Malian woman. She's amazing. She 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 has this I always say essence. <laughs> she has But a, we get it though. She has a particular vibe to her that's just that's just, you know, spiritual and, and you know, it connects to you. She made the song that was sampled on Beyonce's Mood Forever. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Kimani. I love that. You know, that, that's the kind of thing you hear from... I don't know if Osibisa did that, but there are so many people who want to sound American who are influenced easily by the Whispers, Michael Jackson, in those era of the 80s, 70s, and would want to sound like that. But the few... Authentically, again, this might be, you know, wrong or classist. Authentic... Or traditional African music that we are able to preserve, they are graceful, they are rich, and you know special in my opinion. And that's on kings like KSA, uh, people like So uh, Manu Dibango, people mm-hmm. like Hugh Masekela. Uh, even though that's high life, but you still have some, you know, you have some south african cultural essence so that's um sangari there are so many of them look at this man that bernard featured yondo yondo yeah. from senegal so yeah. those people it's one of the biggest artists in africa yeah so uh, i like folks like that one more from my end i think i have two more but spice girls viva forever oh okay we're going to allow you to talk about yeah, this as I, long I, as I you want to. i don't really have so much to say it was a big song you know it was a song that dropped in 1998 very successful in the UK. They are from the UK Spice Girls. Uh, the rest of the Europe, Canada, it was a big song around the world. And essentially, it talks about, you know, Viva Forever. It's a love song I'll be waiting. Talking about, you know, a vacation love story. Someone came to a city, met someone, blah, blah, blah. But I like how the song comes up for me. Viva means live forever. Um, uh, farewell forever. I might be living, but live forever a fella also has a song that has yeah viva africa viva africa such a beautiful song he calls himself brother fella ramson yeah that's that's the black essence right uh so yeah i i love that song and i felt it should make this list writers spice girls themselves uh the producers are matt rowe and richard sternard 1998 spice girls viva forever from their second studio album spice world
All right, so yeah, um, we're about to get to that time. I'm going to take this, then we're going to wait. Um, but before I say this, I'm just going to point out two people that we were going to put their songs in, but you know, they are the only honorable mentions that we're going to be giving here. And uh, we have and um, two of them, the Beatles. Now we had complexity in picking like the Beatles, the best song for them, because there's Hey Jude and a couple of other numbers that they did very well. But just to put it out there, they had one of the best of the best tunes in terms of records. So the Beatles make the least without thinking about it mm -hmm. and then one more person that we didn't actually talk about but we have to put is elvis presley now you'd have seen that we are going to talk about 48 songs when you put all the songs together but elvis presley and uh the beatles now for elvis presley i would like to say go johnny go that's the song i really like from go johnny go it was released in 1960s and it was really really big and uh, that's why we're going to pick it now back to uh my uh second to the last song that we're going to talk about at length Beyonce is irreplaceable. Now, this was a very difficult one because we didn't know the song to pick from Beyonce. Beyonce is awesome. She's great. She's an amazing woman, amazing songstress. And, uh, you know, she she pushed off somewhere like Rihanna, Rihanna off this list. So <laughs> it's quite special. But still, you know, she recorded this song in Sony Music. Irreplaceable is such a beautiful song. Um, the producer was a producer with Stargate, Beyonce Knowles, and Neo. I'm not surprised at all. Are you surprised? New is that good? New has been around. It's, good. it's been around for a very long time. Dream, yeah. Working. Birthday is the name of the album, 2006. Yeah, way back 2006. Number one in USB Billboard at the end of the year. Number 25 as best songs from 2000 to 2009. Wow. Yeah, so she's that good. And of course, she, she was, she's the number one. She has a record for the most female artists with the ringtones in the US. I don't know how to explain this. But ladies use ringtones. I think we do too much with numbers and stats lately. Yeah, but like, you know, it is what it is. She's so good. good. She's so good. She's, she's up there. She's awesome. In Irreplaceable. Fact, you know, that song, uh, the memory, the popular memory I have of this song is being in Ibadan. I listened to a radio station in that city and that song was really, really out there. It was played and, you know, the the the, the, the video as well. I think the, the, the story in the song is break up. Yeah. You ain't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must not know about me. You must not know about yeah, me. Yeah, it was really big. That's one of our biggest. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, it has to be. No brainer. Drunk in love. Oh, um, I love drunk in love though. Um, and there's this song, baby, it's you, you're the one I love. Axel is big too. I can't remember the name of the song, but yeah, that, I love that one. That was actually. So apparently, I have I had more songs than I thought. Uh, Sam Cook, change is gonna come. Uh, I saw that song in a movie. And you know, it really hit me. I, I, song, I just love it. I was born by the river. That song gives you goosebumps. It's so been yeah. a long, long time ago. Do you know what year this was? But I know 1965 or so. Yeah, that's around that year, five or six. That long, that yeah. long. So that's one of those songs. Yeah, one more is um, Mark Anthony, I Love You. Oh, from the rest of my life, Kelly. Mm. We're talking Would a lot you about marry this. Me, marry me, We don't need to talk about that again. Yeah, because we, there's an episode, an entire episode talking about song. this song, which was sampled by who? Sampled by Burner Boy and um, also sampled by Cisco. No, so we didn't talk about the Cisco. Okay, the Cisco most, parts, we talked about um, uh, Burner Boy sampling Shadi Adu yes, and Mark Anthony's Mark I Anthony Love You in um, episode nine. The song with Salty Soul. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's about time for us to take the last song. You're not going to be surprised because you already know what the last song is. Now, when we talked about special songs, there's one song we always talk about, hmm. and we don't know why we always talk about the song like that, but it just feels like it has this. 
It's a bias. It's, it's our own bias. It's our bias, but, yeah. But it, it, it's worthwhile. It's what exactly. So I'm so happy we have to talk about this song right now. Oh, there's actually one more. Maybe I should All go right. before you. Do go. that one more before you go. Just to mention, uh, Nancy Bam Bam by Sister Nancy. Oh, what a so, Bam Bam! I think we were compiling this list and we needed to go to to, to the reggae genre. Yeah. And you know, just to, not just to because it brings down the essence of the song. This song was relevant or marked a difference yeah. and a particular power of you know a male dominated reggae genre mm. having the first female reggae DJ popularly acclaimed yeah. that song Bam Bam uh, which is again you know has become popular in recent times with the song f- sampled by the song by, as the song was sampled by Jay-Z uh, on the album 444, on the song titled Bam featuring De- Damian Marley. Yeah. So you can check out. in that video. Check out episode 44 where we talked about the album 444. Sister Nancy, uh, Bam Bam was talked about on that song. So that's part of our list. Yeah, Finally. number 50 in terms of how we have gone today is a song that we love so much. And the reason why we're putting this song in is because uh, it's our own bias. Because we, might, we are sure that maybe a couple of people might not even know. Uh, this song but you need to listen to this song and uh, we, have, we have spoken a lot about spirituality and how, what a song does to you that's why the song is on this list the name of the song we're talking about so as not to talk too much is Atlantic Stars Silver Shadow now in terms of properly written songs a big shout out to Wayne Lewis and John Lewis on that you know writing that beautiful song and in terms of finding the most amazing person i don't think anybody else have would have delivered a song as good as barbara withers did do you agree i don't i don't no you never know you never, you never know. know but that's like, your fantasy yeah, but you never really because know. it's just to me it's a perfect song like she spoke about the sport she spoke about like, starting from humbling beginnings not knowing whether you were supposed to be a star yeah. or be special and then she says a light shine on her and then she sees a silver shadow so in the story of the song she's not even there yet but she can see the light at the end of the tunnel right in front of her because mm. her shadow is showing silver mm. that's just amazing like when you think about the concept of the song and I need to talk about this as well. DMX, God bless his soul, said this song was a turning point for him, as well as us as well. So, David Lewis, uh, Jonathan Lewis, and Wayne Lewis wrote the song. R&B, the album is As The Band Turns. It was released in 1985, which is one of the best years for music. I know you guys are going to say, nah, but you got to listen to something from 1985. Solid stuff. Barbara Withers, a big shout out to you. Top 50 songs in our books as one of the greatest songs of all time. So that's our wrap. Uh, that's our list of 50 songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're finally done 50. This is, um, you know, we waited a long time to do this. And I hope the people who listen, you know, just connect it. Because this, you know, I'm just going to be be myself and be all modest. And um, the way I do, I don't really think a lot of people give a hoot about me. <laughs> of the podcast but if you do care about this then we appreciate you we appreciate you we and love again, you so much the list is just us finding some songs for every of these songs absolutely there would be five or ten more that are probably as special or, or probably better in your own or books. more special but we just wanted to do something that puts together a list or what could count as some of the greatest songs ever delivered ever written ever performed
Yeah. That's our package, Sample Access Podcast, episode 50. We are getting back at you with a lot more episodes. <laughs> Trust uh, me. Nothing is changing except if Jesus comes. Maybe Jesus tomorrow. Stars. But if, if we're still here, then more episodes more episode, come. More episodes to come through. I'm so As happy long as there are samples. Good. I feel good. As long as samples are living. And we want to put together some of the history that may be attached to some of the new songs that yeah, you hear. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Sample Access Podcast is about. My name is Guiga. This is Nelson. Yeah, Nelson the main man. Nelson the metrics. Nelson the season guy. Thank you for riding with us. We'll see you next time. We out. The Sample Access. Administered by Guiga and Nelson. Yeah, let me try that. You're listening to the Sample Access Podcast.